Hello and welcome in to another edition of the JK Pod. I am your host, Jonathan Kelly, and we've got some breaking news right off the top. Juan Soto will be heading to the San Diego Padres. And also we see the penalties that have come down on the Miami Dolphins tampering. Uh, so we'll get into both of those as those are the two biggest stories happening right now in sports. Uh, but to kick things off first, let's go ahead and give you the picks for today and recap yesterday as that's the most important thing is continuing to make some money. So for yesterday, uh, we went two of four, so 50-50 shot, had the Mets uh, minus one and a half and the Padres, and then we're on the other side of the Astros and White Sox, uh, both losing their respective games by one run, so very unfortunate there. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into today's slate. Uh, so a full full slate tonight. Uh, got a lot of games to to get through. Uh, some of our favorite picks, but let's kick it off with the San Diego Padres in Game One of their doubleheader. So for the Padres. It's going to be you, Darvish. He's 9-4 and four with a 3-2-4 ERA. And Darvish has given up three earned or more in only three of his 19 starts so far this season. So look for Darvish to remain very solid tonight, uh, later, later this afternoon. And then on the other side of things, it's going to be Ryan Feltner. He's 1-3 with a 5-5-9 ERA in eight games, seven of those being starts. And he's given up at least four earned in three of the last five starts. So look for the Padres to feel a little rejuvenated uh, after this Juan Soto trade news and go out and pick up a win uh, to kick off the doubleheader today. Next up, we're going to go ahead and take the Milwaukee Brewers. Anytime Corbin Burns is on the mound, it's a good bet. Uh, Burns is eight and four with a two, three, one ERA, and he has a crazy 160 strikeouts and 124 and two thirds innings. Uh, and Burns has only given up three earned or more in five of 20 starts this season. So look for Burns to have a really nice outing tonight against the Pirates and for the Pirates, it's going to be Bryce Wilson. He's one and six with a six, three, one ERA. And Wilson has given up three earned or more in seven of 13 appearances this season. So if you feel so inclined, definitely pair the Brewers uh, victory with something else that you really like on today's uh, on today's games. So next up, we're going to go ahead and take the Cleveland Guardians over the Diamondbacks. Uh, for the Guardians, it's going to be Tristan McKenzie. He's 7-7 seven seven with a 3-2-4 ERA, and he's given up more than one earned run in only one of his previous five starts. So McKenzie has really turned it around over the last month or so. So definitely look for him to continue his uh, hot, hot start here uh, tonight. And then for the Diamondbacks, it's going to be Zach Gallen. He's 5-2, and two, and he also has a 3.24 ERA kind of ironic. Uh, Gallon has given up at least three earned in three of his previous six. So a 50-50 shot there of that happening again. So I'm definitely going to go ahead and go with the Guardians and McKenzie over Gallon and the Diamondbacks. 
Next up, we're going to take the Atlanta Braves. For the Braves, it's going to be Spencer Strider and his incredible mustache. Uh, he's 5-3 and three with a 2.91 ERA, and he's got a staggering number of strikeouts as well, 120 of those in 80 and a third innings. Uh, Strider's given up more than one earned run in only one of his previous six, and he's probably going to win NL Rookie of the Year. So definitely look for that. Um, on the other side of things, it's going to be former Yankee Nick Nelson for the Phillies. He's 3-1 and one with a 3.94 ERA in 27 games. Uh, he's only made one start so far this season. So look for Nelson to only go about three, maybe four innings, and the Braves to put up some serious runs against this Phillies bullpen. So definitely go ahead and take the, the Braves to win this evening. Following that, we're going to take the St. Louis Cardinals. For the Cardinals, it's going to be Adam Wainwright. He is 7-8 and eight with a 3-2-8 ERA in 20 starts this season. Wainwright has been dominant in two of his last three starts, so definitely look for that to continue. And then for the Cubs, it's going to be Keegan Thompson. He's 8-4 with a 3-1-6 ERA. Thompson has been better as of late. However, he did give up three earned in his only start against the Cardinals this season. Uh, and gave up five earned to the Mets back on July 14th. So Thompson's been pretty hit or miss. Definitely look for the Cardinals to be able to pick up a victory as they head towards the postseason and the Cubs head toward just the end of their season. Uh, Following that, we're going to take the Houston Astros over the Red Sox. They hurt us last night, so they won't hurt us two nights in a row. Uh, for the Astros, it's going to be Christian Javier. He's 6-6 six and six with a 3-2-6 ERA, and he has 121 strikeouts and 88 in a third. And Javier has given up at least three earned in three of his last four starts. So definitely look for him to flip that script tonight against the Red Sox, who've pretty much given up on the season, uh, traded Christian Vasquez yesterday. So they, they will not be... Uh, you know, so inclined to go out there and beat up on Javier. And then for the Red Sox, it's going to be Cutter Crawford. He's 2-3 and three with a 4-1-5 ERA, and he's given up three earned in two of his last three starts. So look for that trend to continue. Look for the Astros to pick up a win against the Red Sox. And like I said, I really do not see them losing two in a row to the Sox. And our last game of the day we're going to take the Los Angeles Dodgers. So for the Dodgers, it's going to be Tyler Anderson. He's 11 and 1 with a 2.61 ERA. Anderson has not given up an earned run since July 8th against the Cubs. I don't think that's going to continue. However, I do see Anderson having a good game and only probably giving up one or two earned runs. Um, and then for the Giants, it's going to be Alex Wood. He's 7-8 and eight with a 4.11 ERA, and Wood has given up two earned runs in his last two starts, including his July 23rd start at L.A. So the Dodgers have seen Wood recently, so look for the Dodgers to be able to pick up a victory over the San Francisco Giants tonight. So that covers it in terms of games for this evening. So just to run through it, the Padres in game one of their doubleheader, the Milwaukee Brewers, Cleveland Guardians, Atlanta Braves, St. Louis Cardinals, Houston Astros, and Los Angeles Dodgers. So a lot of games, a lot of opportunities to make some money, and let's continue our winning ways.
Now, with the trade deadline being tonight, let's go ahead and go around Major League Baseball and recap some of the ongoing trades that are happening. So the ones from yesterday, uh, we have the Yankees acquiring Frankie Montez and Lou Trevino from the Athletics. Can't wait to see Trevino to Trevino on the mound and behind the plate. Uh, Then we have the Houston Astros acquiring Trey Mancini from the Orioles and Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox. Nice to see that those guys are leaving the AL, AL East. However, they're going to the Astros. Would like to have seen them go somewhere else. Uh, the Boston Red Sox acquired Tommy Pham and then catcher Reese McGuire. The Cardinals uh, acquired Jose Quintana from the Pirates. The Braves added Robbie Grossman and Jacob Rizzi. Then we have the Minnesota Twins getting Jorge Lopez from the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, some other guys that are in wait and see mode are Wilson Contreras, David Robertson, Ian Happ, Noah Syndergaard, Nathan Avaldi, J.D. Martinez, Tyler Mayle, and Carlos Rodon. Uh, some of those guys might get traded, some might not, but those are the kind of the wait and see bigger names uh, around baseball. So now let's get into the Padres. They made their first deal with acquiring Josh Hader. And then their other deal, which was finalized a little bit ago, uh, they will be acquiring, if Eric Hosmer does what he's supposed to do, the Padres will be acquiring Juan Soto. Uh, So they'll be getting Soto and Josh Bell. And they'll be giving up C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel III, James Wood, Jarlon Susana, Mackenzie Gore, and Eric Hosmer. So pretty big haul for the Nationals, for Soto and Bell, which is to be expected. Some of the Padres' top prospects in this deal, which was definitely going to be needed in order to get this thing done and over the finish line. Uh, This makes the Padres maybe the second or third best team in the National League behind the Dodgers. So this really gives them kind of that jolt that they need in order to really have a deep playoff run. And as we said about a week and a half, two weeks ago, when we did our MLB futures, we told you to keep an eye on the Padres. And I really hope you guys did because those odds have changed like crazy and there was probably so much action on them uh this afternoon that bovada actually took down the world series odds for a bit so we'll see what continues to happen with that but i think all the way around a good deal for the padres and a good deal for the nationals the nationals have no chance of winning anytime soon the best time to trade soto is now while he still has a few years of team control. So it just makes sense for both sides to trade him away. And the Padres are now able to have a switch hitting first baseman in Bell, who's really good. They are able to have Juan Soto in their outfield, which is much needed. Their outfield has really struggled this season. So it's an awesome opportunity for the Nationals to kind of reset as they look towards the future and the Padres who are now in win now mode with 
Soto, Machado, Tatis Jr. when he gets back, uh, Josh Bell, and the rest of their incredible pitching staff that they have as well. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what happens with them, but definitely continue to monitor the San Diego Padres and see what happens for their future. But like we told you, and hopefully you guys listened, uh, there's definitely a chance that San Diego uh, makes a World Series run, and this definitely helps their situation immensely. Uh, Other baseball news that broke last night but kind of got swept under the rug with all of this going on is that Austin Riley and the Atlanta Braves agreed to a 10-year, $212 million deal. Uh, pretty good deal for, for both sides. The Braves have a pretty cool knack for doing this with guys that have come up through their ranks. Uh, think of the Acuna contract, the Ozzy Albies contract. They pay these guys maybe a little bit earlier than they would like to, but then you look at the contract and you think, wow, that's a really good contract for the team. So right off the bat, it's probably not a good contract for them, but for the length of the contract, it'll wind up being a really nice deal for both sides. Uh, So great job by the Braves there. Happy for Riley getting his money. And along with the Braves, they just always are in the mix for the last few years uh, and then winning last season. So we'll, we'll see what continues to happen with them as well. But I think that covers all of the baseball news. I'm sure there will be more stuff coming out in the next few hours. Uh, The deadline is at 6 o'clock tonight. So we'll definitely have more wrap-up tomorrow. And have any major news, we'll definitely bring that to you uh, tomorrow. Now let's head over to... The Association, which doesn't really have any news besides my guy Russell Westbrook signing with a new agent. Uh, It's going to be Jeff Schwartz of Excel Sports. So happy to see that Russ has found a new agent after him and his old agent parting ways. So very nice to see that. Uh, We'll go with some NCAA football news next. Uh, Under Armour is paying UCLA $67.5 million in a settlement between the two. Uh, as somebody who has Under Armour stock, I don't really like to see this, but it's all good. I've had that for a long time. I'll continue to have it until I retire, and it probably won't matter in 30 years from now. So it's all good. Uh, the Pac-12 commissioner, George Clickoff, he says that he believes the college football playoff will likely expand before 2025. Uh, so... If you guys know me or know anything about me, you know that I've been on college football expansion playoffs since middle school, high school. And actually, one of my final projects in high school was about how it would make sense to have a six-team, six, S-I-X, six teams in the college football playoff. Your one and two seeds get a first-round bye. Um, and that allows you to have three big time games and I think it would be kind of the perfect solution. You get big time teams uh, from the power five and then probably one wild card in terms of another power five school or an independent school like a Notre Dame. 
So that allows for all of that. It also allows for the cities that host these bowls to still generate all of the revenue that they do from these games. So definitely something to keep an eye on in terms of the college football playoff expanding. But nice to see that the Pac-12 commissioner there believes it it will happen uh, here in short order. Also, Pat Narduzzi uh, from the Pittsburgh Panthers, he says there needs to be more NIL guardrails. And it's just another instance of head coaches being annoyed that their guys are making money doing things that doesn't involve being on the football field is how I take it. And I'm getting kind of sick of it, to be honest with you. These head coaches mainly, not so much the assistants, but these head coaches have been able to make millions upon millions of dollars on the backs of players that do not get paid a dime to play for them. And now that the players have the ability to make some money, they're annoyed by it. So it's just... It's just utterly ridiculous at this point. If you want to have a program that doesn't allow NIL, then you know, talk with your AD and talk with the board of the university or college and figure that out. But if that's the case, I can assure you that you're not going to get any of the recruits that you have gotten in the past and are currently getting. So just keep that in mind as well. Uh, some other news before we head over to the NFL, uh, Greg Norman came out and said that live golf offered Tiger Woods between 700 and 800 million dollars. I'll be honest. I don't believe this. And I think Greg Norman is just saying shit to say shit and keep live golf in the news cycle after they just played at Trump's course in Bedminster, New Jersey. So I think he's trying to deflect from that and pull this story out. And if it is true and Tiger would said no to that, I'm a bit, I'm even a bigger fan of Tiger. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, I just, I just don't believe it. I think it's a farce and it's complete BS, but who knows? Also, Louis Hamilton will be joining the new Denver Broncos ownership group. So great for Louis Hamilton to be able to do that. Happy to see him uh, remaining in sports and getting uh, and being a part owner of the Denver Broncos. So now we'll head over to the NFL. Uh, James Washington for the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to be out six to ten weeks with a fractured foot. So tough to see there but you'd probably rather have it now than during the season. Uh, So hopefully Washington is able to come back and play in the slot for the Cowboys for this upcoming season. Uh, Kyler Murray and Pete Carroll both tested positive for COVID, so not good there. Hopefully they both come back happy, healthy, and all that good stuff. Uh, Chris Boswell And the Pittsburgh Steelers agreed to a four-year, $20.5 million contract. So a very nice contract there for one of the best kickers in the league. And, you know, whenever Boswell goes out there, it's pretty much automatic. So kickers are very hot commodity and tough to come by. So when you get one, you definitely got to lock them up. 
So great move by the Steelers to retain Boswell. Um, and then lastly, we have the Miami Dolphins situation. So the Dolphins will be losing a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 third-round pick. They fined owner Stephen Ross $1.5 million. They also suspended him until mid-October. Uh, and this is for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton and some of the Brian Flores stuff. They also find vice chairman and limited partner Bruce Beal $500,000. So these might sound like huge numbers, but to these guys, this is probably pennies. Uh, so it's not really going to matter at all. <laughs> What's going to matter is these draft picks and also just the court of public opinion. Uh, it seems like this report and Lewis Riddick and Jeff Darlington were talking about this on ESPN as well, but it seems like in the report, they found all of these things that the Dolphins did wrong and just didn't really do anything about it. Um, supposedly, Stephen Ross jokingly, as he says, jokingly said the $100,000 to Flores to throw games, which even if you say it jokingly, that's not something you say as the owner of a professional sports team. Um, if you're tanking, then cool, but don't just blatantly come out and say we're going to incentivize you for losing games. Uh, we we all know you're tanking just by the roster that you're putting out on the field. You don't have to tell anybody that. Uh, we saw it with the 76ers. We've seen it the last couple of years with the Thunder. It just is what it is. Like You don't have to tell people that you're doing it. We already know you're doing it, so it's all good. Uh, so there was that situation. The situation with Flores in terms of what he thought you know, he was being all the claims and stuff that Flores had. It was in the reports and it seems like they agree that these things happened, but there's not really a definitive thing that they can point to and say, yes, this is exactly what happened. So because of this, we're going to do this to the Dolphins organization. Uh, so it seems like some of that stuff was just swept under, under the rug, which I'm not really cool with. And especially since while Flores was the coach, they're talking to Sean Payton, who at the time was the coach of the New Orleans Saints. So as you have a head coach, you're trying to acquire a different head coach that's under contract with another team. Uh, just pretty much sketchy all the way around. And then with Tom Brady, same thing, talking with Brady back in 2019, while Brady is under contract is just absolutely absurd. If you want to talk to the guy, by all means, talk to him. You're both Michigan alum. I'm sure you can talk about, you know, Michigan football and all your investments and your properties and all that fun stuff. Why do you feel the need to tell Brady that he should come to the Dolphins, be your quarterback and have all this tampering out there? Just a little ridiculous in in my book. Um, but you know, it just goes to show you that when you're an old, rich white guy, things don't really matter to you. So you can pretty much do whatever and just pay everyone off. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous. This is back to back days. The NFL is just fucked up in every way possible. And like I said yesterday, it's just getting very sickening at this point that it's just bad story after bad story. There's very little positive coming out from the league other than the actual 
games that we love watching, everything else is in the court of public opinion is just very negative. And like I said, if I, you know, didn't play fantasy with a bunch of my friends or was a huge sports fan and specifically a Tennessee Titans fan, I really don't see myself, you know, following and watching as many games with the way that everything has been handled over the last decade or so. So we'll we'll continue to to see what happens with the Dolphins, but this is another situation, like I said, with the Browns. Uh, it's just going to be a media circus now. This is all that's going to be talked about. This is all they're going to ask about. Um, so I don't see this being in any way positive for the Dolphins. They have a new head coach now. Tua as their quarterback. They brought in Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddle. They have Mike Kosicki. Uh, they have a pretty good roster all the way around, but I just do not see it formulating into a playoff appearance in the loaded AFC. And this story and them losing draft picks and them getting all these fines, I don't think is going to work in their favor whatsoever. And I think karma is real. And because of all of this, I don't think the Dolphins will be successful for many years to come. Uh, So just keep that in mind as well as we go through the NFL season and the NFL season beyond. Uh, But outside of that, I think that's pretty much it for today. As we said, we'll definitely go ahead and bring in some MLB trade deadline discussion tomorrow uh, with the deadline being tonight at 6 o'clock. So outside of that, uh, make sure to come back in tomorrow and enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate it.